Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Play ball! It's 30 with Murdy with your host, Sweeney Murdy. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of 30 with Murdy. I'm actually welcoming myself back after a little hiatus, but back this week with a good episode for you. You've probably heard by now what Cody Bellinger of the Dodgers has been doing, hitting home runs at a record pace, much like the Yankees' own Aaron Judge. I think most of you listening are old enough to remember Clay Bellinger. He played parts of three seasons with the Yankees from 1999 to 2001 as a true utility man. Over those three seasons, he started games at every position except pitcher and catcher. And he was considered the emergency catcher in case of injury for Joe Torre's teams. I spoke to Clay Bellinger this week about his career and about his son's historic home run pace. Clay was a good player. He spent 15 seasons in professional baseball, but his 12 career major league home runs were eclipsed by his son in a matter of weeks. Young Cody Bellinger rode parade floats with his dad after the 1999 and 2000 World Series victories. In this conversation, Clay and I spoke about his own career highlights, including growing up in Oneonta, New York, and we discussed what it's like to watch both of his sons play baseball at such a high level. While Cody is becoming an all-star in his very first season, his younger brother Cole was drafted earlier this month by the Padres and could find himself in professional baseball himself very soon. When I first began covering the Yankees in 2001, Clay Bellinger was one of the first players I met, and I vividly remember meeting his younger son Cole at a Tampa restaurant that spring training. So it was fun for me to go back and revisit with Clay some of his fondest memories of his time in pinstripes. And if you're wondering what he's doing now, besides marveling and beaming at his son's exploits on the field, Clay is an active firefighter in Gilbert, Arizona. That's part of her conversation as well. Monday morning, a few hours before his son Cody was named National League Player of the Week for the second time already this season, Clay Bellinger was kind enough to spend 30 with Murdy. You grew up in Oneonta. I want to know, what do you remember about the first baseball game you ever went to? I'll be honest with you. I didn't. I think I went to Yankee Stadium once as in, in high school. And, I, and it was pretty funny because I remember we were sitting out in the right field. And I don't know. I don't know if I ever talked to, to Dave, but we were out in right field, and the windfield was out and playing right field. And he, I can't remember if he if he struck out or he had just had it wasn't the day wasn't going as well as he probably thought it was, and and he came you know in between innings he came you know jogging out to right field. And there was you know how people get in Yankee Stadium every once in a while when yeah. they start they're not afraid to heckle even a even a home player, and uh, so there was a couple guys that were on him. And you could just tell he was a little frustrated. And I'm, I'm almost positive he turned around and flipped everyone the bird. And, <laughs> and, everybody, just, and everybody just kind of went crazy. So, um, but yeah, I remember sitting out in right field. And, and I'm almost, you know, like I said, I'm not 100% sure, but maybe, you know, 95% sure that that uh, something like that happened. But yeah, that's, like I said, I didn't really go to Yankee Stadium all that much for some reason. It's, it's a good thing people didn't have iPhones back then, I guess, huh? Yeah, I'm telling you what. <laughs> 
You know, maybe you can just say there was a player instead of Dave. Yeah. You know, I don't <laughs> yeah. want to throw Dave underneath the bus. Too late. Cat, cat's out of the bag. It's all right. I'm sure he can. Yeah. I'm sure he can deny it. <laughs> um, so, did you go? Listen, the Yankees had a farm team in Oneonta. Did you go to a lot of games there? I did go to a lot of. Yeah, I did go to a lot of Yankee games. Um, yeah, I mean, really, to be honest, not not. We watched a few of them, but basically, we were just hanging out in the, in the parking lot chasing foul balls. So it was like a. You know, we used to race and see who could have the most of them at the end of the day. But, uh, you know, we'd stand up on a small fence and head on the outside and just kind of wait for a lefty to come up and they hit him out in the parking lot and we'd just go chase him. You remember, there? you listen, the Yankees had a lot of good players back then. Uh, do you remember any of the guys that you, you saw play there? Uh, you know, I remember Elway, Elway playing there. Um, no kidding. Yeah, you saw, you remember yeah. seeing him there? Yeah, yeah. Like I said, yeah, just, I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to the game. Um, and I don't know, gosh, like I said, this would have been, so yeah. I graduated in 86. So, you know, we were down there probably from, you know, the probably early 80s to, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I went down as a, you know, when I was in high school the last couple of years, but, you know, probably yeah. as a 7, 8, 9, 10, you yeah. know, 11 year old, I was probably down there running around. Wow. Um, so I don't know who would have been there at the time. Yeah, it was a pretty big deal, though, that John Elway was there, huh? Yeah, yeah, it seemed like some headlines. <laughs> wow. So you ended up after, you ended up playing ball at Rollins College, and you were a, you were a second-round pick of the Giants. I I didn't realize this till just a few days ago. Can you tell people who the scout was that signed you for the Giants? Yeah, it was, uh, Tom, it was Don Zimmer's son. Yeah. How did, uh, yeah. How did that relationship uh, uh, start with you and, and Tom? Well, I mean, back then it's just so different. You know, I basically got a call. <laughs> you know, you always, you get your. It used to be where back then they did fill out like a little piece of paper. You know, you will sign and you know what round and, and a little bit shorter version of what it is today. And uh, I think you know the day of the draft it happened. And I got a phone call and uh, he introduced himself and uh, you know came over, sat down, you know, a few days later and talked and. And then, uh, you know, he told me who he was and, you know, that his, uh, his father was down. And I think maybe my first spring training, which was 90, 98, uh, big league spring training, uh, you know, I met him, I met him and, you know, we talked a little bit and the kind of the conversation got brought up about my son drafted me. And so that was kind of a, a cool starting point, you know, for, for me and Jim. Did um so did you didn't that connection wasn't made again until after you had to big league spring training like that connection with Zimmer didn't have anything to do with you signing a minor league deal with the Yankees or anything like that? No, not at all. Wow, wow, not so nice coincidence, huh? Yeah, it really was. You um, what do you remember about Everett Washington first stop in the in a long minor league trail? Everett Washington, what do I remember? Yeah, obviously you know, it was my it was the first stop. Um, Remember, just you know, it was really. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it was my first, first time ever getting on a plane because I used to drive everywhere. I drove down to college with my roommate. I think it was the first time on a plane to go out to Everett, so that was you know kind of a big deal. Hmm. Um, I just yeah, I remember the I remember the field. I remember the clubhouse on top of the hill. I remember obviously the you know meeting the, the guys in my you know, my draft year still. I still keep in touch with a couple of them, not, not yeah. too much in there, but, um, yeah, just, you know, remember the travel and the grind and the 12 hour bus rides and 14 hour bus rides and playing the game and, 
and uh, you know, getting something quick to eat, and then literally, you know, staying on a bus all through the night, getting there two, three in the afternoon, and having to play a game at seven o'clock. So that's to say that's a grind. That's an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, you had a pretty normal uh, move through the minor leagues right up until three years at AAA with the Giants. How frustrating did that get that you were that close uh, and and you spent three years there? I mean, yeah, of course, you, 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 you know, your goal is to get to the big leagues as quick as you can. Um, yeah, you know, I, I moved up, you know, every every level, every year. Um, but I didn't, I'm trying to think of my years in 93, 94, 95. They weren't, you know, they weren't spectacular you know, years by any means. So, you know, the, you know, they were going to call me up mm-hmm. unless I had it. You know, I finally did something really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I became a utility guy, and I think it was '94 where I learned how to play second and learned how to catch, and and then I started basically moving all around. And I think that actually kept me, you know, it kept me in the game. Whereas if I didn't do that, then heck, I might have been, I might have even been out, you know, before I even made it to the big leagues with the Yankees. You got to uh, spend two years at AAA with the Yankees in '97 and '98 when you know they had just won a World Series, and then they were then they were going on the run that they had in '98. Uh, what do you remember about playing at, at Columbus uh, during that time and and seeing what the Yankees were doing? Yeah, I mean, obviously you're you know like I said I, I went as a minor league free agent over there in '97 when they had just won. Um, so I, you know you're hoping that you you can get up there and, and get a taste. Of that. Obviously the big leagues, but you know. That with that young core and, and the guys they had, that it was probably going to be around for a while. So you're just itching to get up there. Um, yeah, you know, we didn't. Obviously, we were playing. Uh, they were doing that good year in '98, and then they won it. You know, I signed back with them again. You know, in '99, hoping that uh, you know I'd get a chance, and, and that's really kind of happened. You know, I had really good spring training and big league camp in '98, and um, probably even better than I had one in '99 when I ended up making the team, but. You know, it's always a numbers game, and you know you got guys you have to keep, and so. Um, but yeah, signed back, and you know, good things happened in '99. Yeah, tell me about that spring training in '99. It was a little chaotic with the Yankees because Joe Torre uh, got ill and was away from the team for a little while. And turns out Don Zimmer, you know, is right there, and there was a family connection. Zim was managing the team. What do you? What can you tell me about the way that spring played out, and when you finally found out that you that you made the roster? Yeah, I, mean, I don't. Like I said it was. I had a, I had a decent spring. Um, like I said I had a better one the year before, but I was you know just a you know an invite for the first time, and I'm sure I probably opened some eyes then. Um, you know, I remember Zim talking to me. I think it was during spring training. I sat down to talk. Maybe I dug out, and he was just asking me you know about you know just my life and and you know playing minor league ball for ten years. And, and the coolest thing, one of the coolest things he ever said to me, he's like, like, man, I wish you were, you know, he's like, where were you in 89 or 88 when I guess he was a, you know, managing for the Cubs and he's like, man, I'd had you on my team, you know, in a heartbeat and, you know, he'd probably still be there. One of those kind of things. He just, you know, he loved the way I finally found somebody, you know, that really, you know, liked the way I played. Um, you know, like I said, I was never a superstar, but, you know, I played the game right and, you know, I could play every position and played them, you know, fairly well. I think really well and could run the base as well. Not with a whole lot of speed, but, you know, I did the, the little things. And so, you know, when he said that, he's like, man, I wish I was with you. Are you with me in Chicago? And But, yeah, you know, it was the end of spring. I think we were out and we had the exhibition, you know, tour 
right after spring training, we flew to we flew to Houston. We actually opened up that park. Mm-hmm. You know, we flew to San Fran and played. You know, in the park there right now, I think it was the second game. And then we flew to L.A. had an exhibition game, and Zim and Cash uh, called me in the little office down there, and you know, that whole bad news, good news scenario came up, and he told me I made the team, but you know, there really wasn't any bad news. So yeah, Zim was <laughs> basically the one because Joe was out. Who uh, told me I made the big leagues for the first time? What do you you had like you said you spent ten years in the minor leagues when you're finally told that you're making the big league roster at that point? Do you remember what your reaction was? What you did? Who you yeah. called? Well, yeah, I mean, so we were sitting in the room and he kind of told me that, and I was waiting for the bad news, and there wasn't any. So you know, I stood up, shook your hands. Uh, I think I broke down a little bit. You know, I said thank you. I think I walked out to the dugout. Um, just kind of took it all in. It was, you know, there wasn't anybody, you know, out in the field yet. And I think, uh, I believe Girardi came up, you because know, he was, you know, playing back then. Came up and I told him, I, you know, I told him what happened. And I think he actually gave me a hug. So it was pretty cool. Hmm. And then obviously I called, uh, you know, I called Jen and let her know. And, um, yeah, I just, that was the beginning right there. Uh, what was your relationship like with Zim as, as the years kind of went on? Um, you know, it was, you, you, you know, Zim, he was, you know, he, he was Zim. I think this is probably the only, there's ever going to be one Zim, you know, yeah. if you ask anybody, you know, he could tell a story, you know, he could, he could get fired up with, you know, with just about anybody. And, uh, you know what, if you were, if you were doing well and, you know, and playing the game right, he, you know, he, he loved you. And if you were doing it wrong and he, he, he'd jump you, you know, without question. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's hard to it's hard to have a, a real good relationship with coaches, you know what I mean? But you know, I could say we had one, you know, there's just a lot of talking going on and obviously in ninety nine I wasn't playing a lot, you know, which was I mean, I was happy to be there, but it was a little frustrating, you always wanna be out of the field. So we you know, we'd have some talks. The uh, the ninety nine two thousand teams, you know, you ended up playing a little bit more with I think in two thousand because the injury to Bernie and you, and you got some center field time. But your value to that team is is I think a lot similar to what a lot of managers say they're looking for now: flexibility on their roster, being able to play multiple positions on defense, base running, things like that. Uh, how did you how did you view your role there with all the superstars around you and the Yankees playing for championships? And and how did you stay sharp and manage to to do what you had to do after having been an everyday player in the minors for so long? Yeah, you know, I mean, I knew that was my role. Um, like I said, in '99, I, I I didn't play hardly at all. Like you know, I said, it was being a being a competitor that was tough. I mean, like you know, I, I love my time there, but I'm, I can't remember if it was like May or June. It must have been May. I don't even think I like. I don't even think I stepped on the field once. I don't think I ever got like that. <laughs> I don't think I ever pitched ran or it was just really, really weird. And then, yeah, obviously in 2000, uh, you know, I played quite a bit more because I think Bernie got hurt. You know, it seemed like everybody was getting hurt and I'd go, you know, play those positions for a week or, you know, four or five days. And, um, you know, like I said, you, you know, your role. I knew, you know, that if, you know, Tino got on late, I was going to pitch one for him. If, if Justice, you know, got on late, I'd pitch one for him or I'd go out there and play defense. So, I knew if I wasn't starting that there was a really good chance, you know, especially if it was a close game, that I would be in there somewhere. Um, you know, and then I went out and played, I think it was, I don't know if it was 2000, 2001, when, you know, I'd always go out and play second base, you know, late defensive in the game. So I knew, I knew that I was going to, 
you know, get in the game. You know, I had a good feeling. And then, yeah, I mean, basically you just take your BP every day and I would literally, you know, I would go around the infield and take, you know, 10 ground balls, you know, 10, 12 ground balls at every position and I'd go out in the outfield and, you know, just pick a position one day and just, you know, sag supplies. Try to rob some home runs and all the fun stuff that you like doing when you're not playing. Is there a game or two that sticks out in your mind during your time with the Yankees? I mean, obviously the, the you know, the World Series games. Yeah. Um, you know, experiencing that, it was really weird because in, in 99, when we when we got to the World Series, we, we just, even though we were facing the Braves, it was just like, we knew that, you know, we knew that it wasn't going to be, it wasn't going to be close. It was just really weird the way the guys were talking. And sure enough, it happened. But 2000, obviously, it was, it was pretty incredible that you can just literally jump on a bus and go go to the away game, right? And you can like home in your bed, you know, instead of jumping on a plane for four hours and and staying away. And and I actually think one game during the 2000 World Series that we were waiting for the bus, and and I think you know, I believe it was Girardi and I. We actually got we actually put one of the police officers said, "I'll take you over the game." <laughs> so he, he jumped. We jumped in the cop car and and went over the stadium and. uh you know, we were there in, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes or however long it took. And, and obviously the whole, you know, 2001, when all that stuff went on and, yeah. you know, coming back for games three, four, and five, where when I don't, I didn't play in any of those games, but literally just sitting in the clubhouse at, you know, midnight at 1230 or whatever it was. And even though we won, you know, those three probably best World Series games in, you know, in the history, I think. Mm-hmm. Just sitting there, how drained you know I was, and I wasn't even playing. Nobody <laughs> wanted to eat. We were just hanging out, going, "Man, did that just happen?" And the next day it was like, "Man, did that just happened again." And yeah. you know, the third day it was like, "You know, there's no way that just happened again." Yeah. yeah. So I would probably say just the the World Series games. What do you remember about the uh, the last out in 2000? You're on the field. You you were on for defense for justice. So when Bernie races yeah, all the way back, he took that ball away from me, man. <laughs> were you close? I don't see you in the highlights. Where? How far were you? Yeah, I was maybe 50, 60 feet away. <laughs> I was going to catch it though. Actually, if he wasn't, I would I would have caught it. What do you remember but, about uh, that sensation? That feeling of watching him uh, squeeze that last out? Yeah, like I said, it was you know. I don't remember where. I don't remember where we went. Were we at home in '99? That uh, well, t- at ho- in '99 you were at home, and then in two, 2000- yeah, so yeah. I, yeah. I mean, obviously I wasn't on the field in '99 the last one, but yeah, you know, like I said, sitting out in left field, going mail and out away, and then the ball came off tank. So you know, I, 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 I thought I was going to catch it, and then you know, obviously Bernie called it off, and and uh, you know it was over. But yeah, just to just to be out in the middle of the pile, and even like I said, even. When we won 99, I was, you know, if I wasn't the first, I was, you know, me and Spencer, whoever was, you know, we were on the top thing, getting ready to go over the rail and, you know, trying to get into that pile as soon as we could. So, yeah, there's, there's no better feeling in, in any sports if you ask anybody who's who's won a championship is that last hour or that, you know, when the time clicks off the clock and, you know, you guys are champs. Well, your son Cody was just a little boy when that happened and now he's doing what he's yeah. doing. Goodness, what do what do you think of of the type of player that he's turned into and, and the start he's off to? You know, obviously he's you know which is crazy. He's doing things that you know nobody in the history of the game has done. I mean, you know, nobody expects that. You know, did did I expect him to to go out and, and play well? Yeah, I mean, this well as far as home runs, you know, of course not. But 
yeah, you know, he's, I've you know, I've told him all along that you know, with your work habit and your willingness to to get better. You know, I told him he could be a superstar in this game, and you know, more importantly, I, I want him to be a you know, we, you know, my wife and I, and we want him to be a superstar off the field too. You know, so I think he's handled himself really well. You know, he's like I said, you know, I, I've always told him, you know, I said you can run, you can throw, you know what I mean, and you obviously. You know, one of the, you know, if you get a chance to play every day, you're unbelievable defensively. And, and uh, the whole outfield thing is, you know, he's he's worked hard at because, you know, they asked him a couple years ago, I'll go out and do it. And he just kind of, you know, he used to do it in high school. But so he's, you know, he's worked on that pretty hard and he's done, you know, amazing out in the outfield too. So it's uh, it's going well for him now. And that's, you know, hope, like I said, hopefully it keeps up for, you know, another four or five months this year and then another, you know, 10, 15 years. Who knows? Was was Cody with you during like the World Series parades and stuff? Do you remember taking him out? Yeah, yeah. He, you know, we he's actually obviously he's been doing tons of interviews going on, and you know he does. He, you know, in '99 I think he would have been four, in 2000 he was five. But yeah, he remembers. He remembers the parades. He remembers the floats. He remembers you know um, just all the people, and you know he remembers people throwing you know stuff to the toilet paper at us and him hucking them back out in the crowd. Uh, yeah, he uh, he remembers it. Obviously, Cole, you know, being one and two, you know, right. has no recollection. Yeah, but uh, he was also on those floats too. So, but yeah, Cody, Cody remembers all that. Did do you, do your kids and Cole? We should mention for people who, who didn't uh, hear was just drafted earlier this month, fifteenth round by the Padres. So you got two sons playing professional baseball now. Do those guys? Pick oh, we, have, we haven't signed yet with the Padres. We're still trying to. Figure a couple things oh. out, so we'll know in the next couple days. Okay, at least at least drafted into professional baseball. Yeah, um, exactly. Did do those, do your kids ask you a lot of questions about your time? Do they do they want to hear stories about Derek Jeter and Mariano Rivera and Bernie Williams and people like that? No, not really. I mean, like you know, Cody. <laughs> now, if you if you read some of his interviews and stuff, he he says that you know he remembers that he remembers you know being around a clubhouse. Um, you know, now looking, you know, now obviously in the position he's in, you know, being around, you know, big leaguers and, and the stars that he's around now, he you know, kind of kind of reflects back on, you know, man, oh man, my dad played with some really good players, you know, and had some really good coaches around him, and you know, Hall of Fame players, and you know, so as a as a young kid, you know, I don't think you really. I don't say recognize, but acknowledge, you know, what's going on around. You know, what I mean, you know, your dad done it. Mm-hmm. On, a, on a baseball team and you know, the other women world series and you know i think as you get older you know if you can look back on it like you said before it's like man those that's a pretty good teammates when did you start to realize how good your kids were at baseball i mean you were obviously they obviously have some genes because you were a good ball player but when did you start to realize what their future could be literally when you know when, when cody was you know three four five years old that's all he did i mean it was if you look at it you know all uh, the videos and stuff. It's just he's always playing catch. He's always hitting off the tee. He's always doing something. And it was just nonstop, literally from that age on. And, uh, you know, obviously he had success in Little League and we went to Williamsport. And, you know, he was always one of the better players as, as a younger, you know, playing with older kids all throughout his life. And then he finally started to grow in his junior year. And, you know, he grew six, seven inches. And, you know, you could just see he was going to be a good ball player. And Cole, you know, Cole's basically always been more of a two-way player. Um, he's always a really good pitcher. Hasn't you know, never pitched, you know, a whole lot, um, which was good. But uh, so I, I would think, you know, 
project Cole being a, a better pitcher than, than, than Cody was at that time. So, um, yeah, like I said, it's just, you know, baseball today is all about projectability. You know, and mm-hmm. then you look at Cody, you look at his frame in high school, and, and you know, you can just envision 20, 30 pounds on that frame and, and what could happen. And the same with Cole, you know, he's six, six one, you know, six two maybe. And, you know, he's, he's never really worked solely on pitching and pitching. And he's a pretty good pitcher. You know, he can, every once in a while, he can get up to 90, 91. And, um, you know, he's still only, you know, 170, 175 pounds. So, like I said, it's, it's all, you know, what does the future hold four or five years from now? And, uh, so yeah, that's what, you know, hopefully we're looking forward to with, uh, with Cole and, you know, if it's either uh, the minor leagues right now, he goes to college for three years and then see what happens after that. But yeah, you can, you know, you can tell when there's some good kids and they have that good distinct sound appeal and they've got good actions that some of those kids are going to be good players if they continue to work at it. Where's, uh, where's Cole going to go if he doesn't sign? Uh, he's going to uh, Grand Canyon. Got a scholarship to Grand Canyon. Nice. The, uh... It's is in Phoenix, you know, 45 minutes away. If you're, which we should tell people is, is where you, you're living these days. Um, when you're watching Cody do what he's doing right now, I mean, he's hit more home runs in the month of June than you hit in your entire major league career. Yeah, thanks. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I would imagine that as a dad, you're just watching him as a dad. It's, there's a certain feeling, but watching him as a dad who knows how hard it is to do what he's doing makes it go to a different level for you. What's it like? What's it been like for this just in his last month, two months when you're watching him do historic things, knowing how hard it is. The biggest thing for me is, you know, I, I, I know one of the coaches, you know, fairly well. And just, just talking to people, you know, I I talked to, um, you know, like Nomar the other day after the game, you know, he's one of the announcers and, and, and Hershiser and, just you know, they're like the thing they enjoy the most is you know, you know he he shows up to the field at you know one o'clock, you know one thirty, and he's you know he's he's just getting ready for the game. And he had a great he had a great quote yesterday. I don't even know about it, but I guess I guess every day in the clubhouse, I guess Manny Moto walks in and says, you know, he already got paid for yesterday. So basically, <laughs> don't worry, you know, whatever he did yesterday is gone. You, mm. Now you got to get paid for today. And I thought that was an unbelievable quote. And I thought that was actually pretty cool. Yeah. So there's guys, you know, walking around the clubhouse, you know, who've been there and, you know, legends and they, you know, they're keeping them on a, a, a level-minded keel, which is cool. But yeah, you know, like I said, playing the game, this is, you know, this is obviously the, the hardest game by far in the world to play. I don't care, you know, who said it different. They don't know what they're talking about, but he just works really hard, you know, and, you know, if, you know, you ask anybody, sometimes you get locked into the player and, uh, you know, but just as easily, you know, he knows that, you know, with a little tweak here and a little tweak there, things, you know, are always going to be as good as they are right now. So he's just trying to stay consistent. Uh, you know, he he said the other day that when he gets in trouble, he's trying to hit home runs. But when he's going really well, he's just trying to, you know, to, to smash the ball. And then obviously, you know, everything will come from there. The so, one, yeah, it's just, you know, it, it is fun to watch. It really is. Um, you know, he's already made adjustments at the plate. You know, with his stance and his, you know, in and off, and, and realizing what you know, pitchers are getting him out on, and and the next time, you know, hopefully he's uh, he's making the adjustment that you know they're not going to get him out on that again, and he understands that. And I think that's for a 21 year old, that's pretty good. Clay, one thing I've learned is watching great players, 
you know, they're thinking about right now and they're thinking about how to be great today and they don't think about what is down the road a great deal. That's what, that's what fans do. We sit there and say, wow, look at this kid. Look how good he can be. Is it, mm-hmm. is it, he obviously isn't thinking that way because he's doing what he's doing, but do you start to think that way? Do you watch him and just wonder, wow, how great a player can he be? I mean, I guess you always, you know, you always, you know, I guess you can, can project it out, but it's just, you know, it'd be kind of silly to do that. I mean, really, because, like I said, it's it's obviously this isn't going to last, you know, forever. You yeah, know, I mean, yeah. hopefully it does, but, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of impossible, you know. But, you know, like I said, that he can, you know, with the way he hits and, you know, and I, and I believe he can hit for, you know, me personally, um, I believe he can even hit for a higher average, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I said, when you when you when you can run and when you've got really good arm and you've got really good instincts and you're willing to work at it, then obviously you're going to give yourself a chance to to do some good things. And you know, hopefully, you know, there's nothing that's going to come in and turn from that path. But yeah, I can't. You know, I'm. I mean, hopefully he's not. I don't think he is. But you can't look. You know, you can't look past. You know, today, tomorrow, you don't know what's going to happen. Did did he give you any grief when he passed your career home run total? Uh, I think we, I think we, I think my wife gave me more to be honest. With you. Um, <laughs> it was some we were watching a game on TV and and uh, I think the day he tied me, she was like, "Oh, he just tied you." I'm like, "Yeah, okay." And I, literally, I think it was the next day where he hit his 13th. or was pretty close to that. Yeah. You know, of course, she said, "Well, there you go. He, he just passed you." And I said, "Yeah, I know." Him. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think he called and we talked after that game. And I told him, obviously it's not a it's not a huge milestone. It's twelve home runs. That's <laughs> so it. Whatever it was, but it's twelve more well, than I've got. So don't worry. For him doing it that fast, I guess it was. Yeah, well, it's twelve more than than most of us listening have. So I think that. Uh, well, see, I, yeah. I tore you. I tore you down. I built you back up. How do you like that? Yeah, uh, there you go. Um, tell you played fifteen years of baseball. You ended up. Uh, living in Arizona and became a firefighter. Tell us what drew you to that and what you know, what your days are like. Yeah, I mean, you always, you know, you're always thinking, you know, you ask a kid, when I, you know, I say before, you ask a kid when he's young, what do you want to be? Well, they say baseball player, an athlete, and firefighter. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I just had some friends who, who were in the game who got out a little bit before me and they still live out by me and, and uh, they started testing and a couple of them got hired and uh, you know, they, it was kind of early 2000s where, you know, kind of had a feeling not too far down the road I'd be done. So um started looking into it and started, you know, went down a station with the guys and started just spot logs. Just loved the, just the way of life. You know, it's, I'm not a suit and tie guy. I'm not a nine to five guy. Um, You know, it's a, depending on what station you're in, you know, basically all over the country, it's, you know, there's, there's four guys, there's, you know, there's eight guys, there's 10 guys, there's 12 guys, depending on the station and how many trucks you got there. And it's just a, it's a small clubhouse where, you know, hopefully you get along with, with uh, who you're working with and, you know, you're joking and you have tons of fun and you work out. But, you know, when the, when the, when the tones and when the tones go off, it's, you know, it's serious. You know, you flip the switch, boom, and you decide what you got to do and, and, uh, you know, what the call, kind of call it's going to be. And, you know, you're out there serving the public and, you know, at least, you know, where we are, you know, people love, you know, people love us and, 
it's just it's it's a good gig. It really is. I think if you ask you know any firefighter around the country, it's you know if if they could probably be an athlete, I mean, they probably would. But you know behind that, it's it is it's it's fulfilling, satisfying, and you know you get to save lives, and there's nothing better than that. Have you had any uh, dangerous moments? Uh, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say, you know, near life, anything like that. I've been in, you know, we don't, unfortunately, we don't get a whole lot of fire, you know, in Gilbert. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's mostly a newer community. Um, you know, the, the older cities like Mesa and obviously Phoenix and uh, around us um, get quite a bit of fire. But uh, yeah, I've been in some good ones. Hmm. Um, I've seen some, you know, some pretty nasty you know car accidents but you know not kind of let up been pretty fortunate you know we are the way we do things out west is, is a lot different than you know fighting fires out east and um you know it's two different you know it just seems for some reason it's two different strategies and we're just i don't know we just take safety obviously everybody does but now as, as far as that you know not going to like i said yeah. it really hasn't been any close calls and hopefully they never ever will be sure i'm uh, i'm thinking now is, is because just because you mentioned it earlier you were in new york on 9-11 and you you know that first week you were part of the team when when they were uh everything was happening with the police and the firefighters all the first responders did being there at that time and going through all that shape you in any way as as you went on your career as a firefighter uh, i mean looking back at it I wouldn't say, you know, I wouldn't say I was there in the moment and, oh, you know, this is, you know, I think, you know, when I do get out, this is what I'm going to do. It wasn't anything like that, but obviously it's respect for, you know, for what these guys did. We went down to the Port Authority, I think, where, you know, all the off-duty guys or off-shift guys were just hanging out. You could see the exhaustion, you know, with them and, you know, just how how much passion they had to, to get back in the, you know, basically get back in the fight and get down there and, you know, keep trying to... to to find survivors and clean up and you know it's a, it's a different breed you know whether you're police or fire or you know anybody who volunteers or um you know and I, I saw that you know that part of it not that i didn't know it wasn't there before but um so i think in that way you know realizing that you know that's something that i might want to do yeah it definitely helps out and obviously when you you know when you when you get sworn in and you're actually out there doing you know similar stuff obviously not at that drastic proportion um as i said before it's it's super satisfying clay listen uh thank you for taking all the time uh i think whole, everybody who watches baseball has really had a lot of fun i mean new york we're watching aaron judge doing what he's doing on the other coast your son has a connection to new york because of you so i think everybody around this area has really you know kind of taken a liking to just watching what he's doing and recalling your name along the way too so congratulations to you as his father and uh listen continued good luck and success for cody for cole and uh hope we keep hearing the bellinger name in baseball for a long time because i think it's a lot of fun for all of us yeah it would be pretty cool it's been uh it's been a great ride you know it's, it's been a great story for baseball not to tell i'm you know not the bellinger name but what cody's doing and what judge is doing and tell all these thinking young phenom under 25 kids you know it's, <laughs> there's some there's some super talented baseball players out there and it's, it's great for the game it's fun to watch don't be upset if at home run derby time you know fans around here are rooting for judge more than they're rooting for your son yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, uh, it'd be kind of cool if it happens, though. And I, you know, like I said, if it does happen, I'm just—it is really—it's funny because he's never—he's not a BP kind of guy. 
Mm. It's really, you know, he doesn't hit a, whole, a lot of home runs in BP, but it's just, uh, you know, if he gets invited, though, he says he's going to go do it and he's going to have fun with it. Because his, his swing of BP is not anything like the, the total attack that he does during the games. Would you throw to him if he was invited? Yeah, I would. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, hopefully in the next couple of days we'll figure something out. But, yeah, it's uh, he asked me if I get invited, you know, will I do it? And I said, yeah, I'll go do it. So, Fantastic. I think that's something for all of us to look forward to. What a great moment that's going to be for you. Uh, listen, Clay, thank, yeah. thank you again for all the time. And I guess we'll wait to see. Uh, I, I don't think you have to be uh, checking the mail for the invitation. I'm sure it's on its way. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I'd start packing your bags and uh, enjoy the ride because it's a fun one. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. And there you go, Clay Bellinger enjoying baseball life once again through the achievements of his children. Very happy for Clay and his family and wish them a lot of success still to come. I suppose if Clay wants to get back at his son for doubling his own career home run total of 12 before the All-Star break, he can always point to the two World Series rings he owns and tell him he needs to win three in order to push him aside there. Who knows, the way the Dodgers are playing now, and thanks in part to Cody Bellinger, of course, he could have his first one of those before this year is out. That's all for now. Please check out our 30 with Murdy archive on play.it, iTunes, and WFAN.com. You can check me out on Twitter at YankeesWFAN and on Instagram at Sweeney underscore Murdy, that's S-W-E-E-N-Y, and on Facebook, search for the Sweeney Murdy page. Thank you for listening. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.